Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 148 of the Social Liability Podcast, the podcast where we discuss those folks in our lives that violate the social contracts that we all agree to live by. I'm your host, The Raz, with my co-host, The Buck, bringing you new and interesting tales from the far reaches of the internet. And if, if you've listened to the podcast for any length of time, any length of time at all, really, because I don't think we can go much more than, what, six, seven episodes, Buck, without a rentahitman.com story? Yeah, that's that's right around par, yeah. You know, it's literally been, we've done this now for 148 weeks, and, you know, we've never missed one yet, and I've considered taking all of our Rent-A-Hitman uh, stories and, like, creating a backup file so that if we ever have to take a week off, we can just look the best of Rent-A-Hitman. But, Buck, I think this week we're actually going to be able to do things a lot better uh, in that we don't have to sit there and scour and look for Rent-A-Hitman stories. The Rent-A-Hitman stories are going to come to us because with us this week is the founder, CEO, webmaster, uh, chief law enforcement officer of maybe, I don't know, what, whatever your t- title would be, uh, Guido Finelli. Welcome to the show, Guido. Hey, thank you, Buzz. Buzz is the rest. Hey, man, we're just, wow. we're just thrilled. <laughs> so, so am I. Um, yeah. Hey, it's great to be with you guys. I really appreciate uh, what you guys do on the podcast. And, uh, you know, you make my day every uh, every time I get to listen to an episode. So, thank you. We absolutely just love... Because we, we sit there and we scour the, 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 the Reddit for uh, news stories about just weird and screwed up things. And and you are like one of the foundations of screw, screw, screwy and weird things on the internet. Let's just face reality here. Um, so you, you originally built, right. if, 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 if somebody for some strange reason has never listened to the podcast before, uh, rentahitman.com, what is it? So, uh, rentahitman.com was initially a play on words for a, uh, a network risk analysis, uh, business. Um, it was going to be a startup specializing in penetration testing for home and business networks. Um, unfortunately, uh, the business plans kind of fell by the wayside, and I was left holding on to the domain name. Uh, I registered it back in 2005. Um, 2008, uh, by 2008, I had tried to put the domain on several different domain auction blocks and that kind of thing to sell it. Um, and I checked the inbox one particular day and uh, was shocked to basically see 250, 300 emails from people around the world (laughs) seeking uh, services, which I clearly didn't offer, ranging from asset extraction to uh, uh, murder for hire hits, de-service minors, retiring. These emails uh were pretty much one line inquiries but uh just real quick down and dirty (laughs) yeah i wasn't prepared at the time for uh the the rabbit hole this would take me down um in 2010 i received an email from a woman from the uk stranded in canada and uh essentially wrote uh, 
very lengthy email indicating that she wanted three family members murdered. Uh, they were in the UK. She provided names, address. Uh, apparently, she was upset because they had stolen her father's inheritance. She wanted to get even. She sent a second email, <clears throat> kind of rambling, um, a little bit later in the day, had more information, easily corroborated information. Uh, I took it. I took the information, um, basically reviewed it, tried to do uh, some surface web searches to validate it, verify it, and the stuff was matching up. Uh, it was kind of scary at first. Um, I took about 20 pages to... Uh, that I had printed out to a, a friend of mine who was an officer at a local jurisdiction. Um, and I kind of explained to him what the situation was. He reached out to Canadian authorities. Uh, they ended up meeting up with this female and providing her with a welfare check uh, to make sure that she was okay, of course. Um, they determined that she was wanted out of uh, the UK on it extraditable warrants, and uh, she was essentially uh, extradited back to the UK where she pled guilty to more serious charges. Now, that's really the whole turning point of this website. It went from an IT network domain uh, to something a little bit more sinister. Quite um, the Yes. The domain uh, and the website itself was basically repurposed into a, uh, nobody could be stupid enough to hire a hitman on the internet, right? Well, here we are today. Well, see, when we were... That's it in a nutshell. When we were, we knew you were going to be on, we were, I went back and looked at a bunch of interviews because I didn't want to ask the same goofy questions over and over again, but I'm sure I'm going to rehab, I'm, I'm sure nothing original is going to come out of my mouth nonetheless. But in one of the interviews you did with a uh, a local news station, you pulled out a backpack full of binders. Do you keep like a, like a copy of every single one of these that comes in? Um, I used to print them all out, but it's just gotten so ridiculous that would need um, the bookshelves. Yeah, I, I don't have enough. Yeah, I don't have enough storage here, so a lot of it is all digital now. But yeah, the uh, binders were for show and tell. Um, and I, I would probably have eight or nine binders, three-inch, four-inch, six-inch binders uh, at this point with, uh, with right. submissions, service requests. It's crazy. So the, the, the first one you, you taught, you, that you actually got started with was she was in Canada but based out of the U.K. Uh, I imagine that a lot of yours are international what is how hard is it working with international police departments or Interpol or, or whatever it might be, as opposed to working with local United States police departments? Well, okay, so the website, even though it says we have um, you know agent uh, field operatives internationally, um, it is very difficult to reach out to like Canada or. Australian authorities. Um, first of all, Rena Hitman is not a very well-known um, website in the law enforcement community internationally. Um, it's uh, when I contact somebody on the phone, like Canada, for example, uh, 
I get a lot of pushback because they think, oh, you're, you're joking. You know, who's putting you up to this? It's really not taken seriously until they see a Rolling Stone article or a Washington Post article. Um, you know, that lends its credibility to it. And then they, uh, they see the threats and they, they act accordingly. But I need uh, liaisons in different parts of the world that can report this stuff and take action on them. And so far, I don't have that backup yet. Domestically, I'm just fine. Oh, no, I think we lost Guido. Quite a there, there strong, he is. strong support group. Yeah. So domestically, no problem getting anything supported. Internationally, it's a pain in the butt. The, so we like, and Buck really, really seems to enjoy this, because I, a lot of times you'll send me stories, too, and... I, I won't uh, disclose to Buck that we're going to do one ahead of time. <laughs> I just kind of spring it on him. <laughs> um, yeah. And a lot of those, uh, you, you tell, you know, you, you, I'm trying to think of how you worded it without, without sounding too cheesy here. Uh, you, you tell me that the person, you know, isn't going to get arrested, they're going to get help. And I think that's a, a big thing because we talk about mental health on the show quite a bit. Um, uh, you know, is it more often than not that the people, you know, are in need of some kind of mental health treatment and they get it? Or is it, you know, more often that they just get arrested for a murder for hire attempt? No. Um, in fact, uh, a lot of these uh, mental health is certainly an issue. Obviously, uh, you know, you look at a case down in uh, New Mexico, for example, um, there was a... Uh, uh, a gentleman, um, well, call him that loosely. <laughs> Loose term. But he wanted to take out his mother-in-law. Yeah, he wanted to have his mother-in-law, or soon-to-be mother-in-law, murdered. Uh, he apparently had some long-standing mental health, uh, health issues, and um, you know, it was determined that uh, you know, he's not even capable of standing trial. Um, he's mentally. Uh, I forgot the terminology, guys, but um, he's going to get the help that he needs. Yeah. Um, other cases, I will ask for a welfare check. And, you know, if there's any CHS, criminal history or anything like that, then the, the police determine whether they're going to go down the, the welfare check road or actually turn this into a, a more severe case. So um, it varies by situation. Does it? Uh, do you find it more often than not? It's it's older folks like like are like in the you know established adults perhaps, or maybe teenagers are more the the demographic that you end up getting in. Um, you know, it's it's kind of weird. I was looking at the demographic the other day, uh, demographics, and you know, it's kids and adults ranging from junior high schoolers all the way up to seniors. I'm working on a uh, service request that came in from a 64 year old female yesterday. Um, and she seems pretty serious. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, a, it, it people from all different walks of life. They walk among us. They live among us. They, they really do. And, you know, Buck and I, have, you know, worked in a prison together. I was in, in other forms of law enforcement 
And, you know, there's times where you see people that, and you have the interactions with them and you're like, this is completely a normal interaction. You wouldn't suspect anything. Then you find out this person's killed three people, you know, and they, 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 there's no, there's no like, you like look in their eye. Like that's a killer. Um, you know, we had one instance, we had these two miners that, uh, their, their intention had been to rob a, uh, trading post. That's what they called it in Pennsylvania. It was a pawn shop. Let's just call reality what it is. The initial plan had been to rob the pawn shop to get some more guns. And then they were going to a Catholic high school. And that was, that was their ultimate plan was they had a, a car full of pipe bombs and they, they could get some more guns. They were going to this Catholic high school that they, they went to. Uh, but typically when you want to rob someplace, a pawn shop that is also a gun store is probably not your best, your best choice. Uh, <laughs> it did not end well. Totally, they didn't think that one through. No, they didn't think a whole lot through. Um, but, you know, the, 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 there was a younger one and older. How old were they, Buck? Like 16, 15 and 16? 15 and 16. Yeah. And they both got put yep. into an, an adult facility because what the hell else do you do with them? And the 15-year-old yeah. was the, one of the smartest kids you're ever going to meet. He really was. And he, he was pleasant. He was never a problem for anybody. Uh, the 16-year-old liked to crawl around on the floor and talk to bugs. <laughs> so, uh, wow! Yeah, it was, it was the fifteen-year-old. The fifteen-year-old is my Facebook friend. Yeah, I, I, not even, not even kidding. Sorry, can't do that one. <laughs> <laughs> can't do that one. <laughs> hey, you know what? Yeah, he, he he did his time. He got punished, and and he learned his lesson. He came out, and he's a good man. Yeah, I, I've, know, I've gone he's, through. He's reform. doing good. I've gone through great lengths to um, keep reform keep my personal life out of the, the hands of uh, convicts and whatnot. Hell, um, nobody even knew my wife was pregnant with my oldest son, and they wouldn't have, except on the day he was born, the, the first blood stick he needed was by a former CO who was married to a current CO. So it, that was the only way anybody even found out that my, I had a kid. Uh, I, I was like really like an enigma. Um, it, there was all these like backstories that, that the people were making up about me. Um, they all thought I was older than I was. They all thought I was special forces. I mean, it was like, really? <laughs> I got a pot. Yeah. I got a, I got a pot belly, dude. <laughs> I was the, uh, I was the polar opposite. And, uh, and thank goodness because my cheery attitude and wonderful disposition within the confines of the walls of prison was what kept me in business whenever my crippled ass had to leave there and get my job as a financial advisor. Some of those fellows became some of my best clients. It was, uh, nice. it, was, as, as long as you didn't ask where they got their money. It's all about you know what? guys. So. It really is. You know, it's like, you know, lawyers, doctors, they go to jail too. This is true. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and car salesmen. Yep. Um, <sighs> So my my wife asked this morning, and she she you got your questions ready. I, said, I got a couple, and she goes, "Well, ask this: Has he ever had any failed attempts where somebody has contacted you, you've reached out to law enforcement, and you were unable to stop it? It actually went. It happened. Somebody got murdered. I have never heard of any failed attempts uh, from cases that I have uh, referred. Um, Normally, uh, when, a, when the information is, okay, so first of all, let me just kind of back up here and clarify. 
when a service request comes in, uh, two questions. Do you still require services? Would you like me to put you in contact with the field operative? It's up to the solicitor at that point to say, ha-ha, I was just kidding, turn and walk away, I file it, that's right. Okay, it goes in the can. However, if they come back and they say, yes, I'd like a field operative to contact me, um, you know, that's when I take it to the next step in most cases. Um, once it's reported, I get a case number and I basically wash my hands of it. I have never heard of any of these cases, referrals, service requests. I've never heard any of them come back where there's actually been a victim. So, um, you know, God forbid, uh, you know, nobody gets hurt with, with this. We're trying to prevent murders and that kind of thing. But uh, at this point, uh, I haven't heard of any anything going south. Guido, congratulations. You have a 100% success ratio. <laughs> Thank and, you. Thank you. And, and <laughs> if you, you might actually have the real number, but if you had to guess, if you don't, uh, how many... How many different cases have you referred to law enforcement over the years now? Um, it'd be close to... We're, we're probably talking here domestically, probably 75 um, cases have been referred to law enforcement. Um, you know, that's, that number is really from, uh, from about 2018 to present. Um, just to kind of put that number in perspective, um, so far this year, over in October, 38 cases have been referred to uh, law enforcement. 38 service requests from individuals to the world, uh, or no, I'm sorry, let me take that back. Um, 37 from the U.S., there was one in Canada that was referred successfully. Um, the quite, quite the uptick. Quite the uptick. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the media attention, uh, some of the stories that are out there, um, are what's probably fueling the uh, the website. The, the thing I don't know. The thing about it is, is you would honestly think that the more attention... And the more you know, more that's talked about, the less people would be dumb enough to fall for it. Because I mean, Guido, it doesn't look like a real website. It it's it looks like it's satire. It reads as satire, and it's it's not exactly something that I would pay an exorbitant amount of money to have created. I used to do web design, and it looks like it looks like a website from the late nineties. It it doesn't read. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, it, it is. But it's intentional. It's a, it's a bare bones website. It's meant to look as amateurish as absolutely possible. There are perhaps grammar, grammatical issues. Um, obviously, there's some. You know, I'm not a web designer, but damn it, over the last many many years, um, you know, I'll I'll add a new little plug in or something. Um, it's like a snap-together model. And if it's been working and successful at this point, I'm not really going to change anything else. Um, again, the, the website seems to attract this low-hanging fruit that's out there. Uh, they see it. They see the HIPAA disclaimer. 
That's real HIPAA. <laughs> the Hitman Information Privacy and Protection Act. And, you know, they, uh, they feel compelled to fill out a service request form. Um, you know, I'm just here to help. <laughs> you put the hip I'll in leave, HIPAA, man. I'll leave the site. <laughs> I, I love I'll leave the, the uh, yeah. I love the commercial. The, the commercial listed as 1989. <laughs> is that your voice on there? Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, that, that just cracks me up, Guido. That's just so uh, great. This is rentahitman.com. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, when we've gotten to the habit, and we do a rent a hitman episode, we we normally have a commercial and uh for for anchor, and I forgo uh uh sponsorship from anchor that week and i just play the rent a hitman ad <laughs> just just because hey, it, it, it makes me giggle <laughs> it was awesome thank you <laughs> it, just, um, it just makes me yeah. smile so that's why <laughs> okay well, um that's so... that's the video I, I made that video late one night when i was working in the office and uh literally forgot about it because it's on an account that I don't really use that much. Um, and I thought, well, what the hell? Just put it on the website. So have you, It was yeah. wonderful. Thank you. Have you ever had like reason to, to think that your life might be in danger because of this? Um, you know, uh, uh, you can't be stupid about this. I mean, I'm very cognizant. Um, I can't be stupid about this. Uh, I'm very cognizant. We, we can be stupid, Buck. <laughs> Well, yeah, you guys, hey, but uh, I, I'm not one that, I don't live in fear, you know? Um, yeah, there's dangerous people out there. I've had cases right down the street from the house, you know, where I live, uh, that have came up. Um, but, uh, you know, I, uh, yeah, uh, no, there's, I get there's it, I get threats it. out there every day. So. There, there is. Um so now that we've got all that 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 out of the way so typically sometimes i get i don't say typically i say sometimes i i get stories that you uh as buck likes to call it helicopter into us uh before they really hit the the media which is like awesome we're like hey we got exclusives we're great oh yeah man oh yeah do, do you have any that are like not really publicized right now that you can talk about uh, I can give you little tidbits from uh, a few cases. Um, so I think uh, let me start with one out of Canada here real quick, because this is the international case that was kind of reported earlier this this year. Um, There's a kid in Canada, um, Ontario, I believe. His name was Kyle. And Kyle was upset with uh, the Prime Minister of Canada. <laughs> Holy and shit, go big or go home, kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, Kyle uh, filled out a, a form and indicated that, uh, well, quote, I would like someone to kill the Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau. And he go ahead, you know, he names him. Um, kind of money. Kyle kind clearly of money. didn't think this through. What kind of money you got, kid? <laughs> he, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, so he filled out the information using his real name, using, uh, his real address. Um, 
uh, they don't even have HIPAA up in Canada, but uh, that didn't stop this guy. Um, so as far as the, the reporting process was concerned, this one was very straightforward. Um, I believe it was handed off to the RCMP. He's up north. Mm-hmm. Um, up in, in a meeting with Kyle. Um, what? I have no idea. But, uh, you know, Kyle had requested the services. He, uh, he definitely got the best uh, customer service experience. Kid. Um, <laughs> there's been several others. Um, you know, family court's always kind of a stressful situation. Um, and, uh, so in Tennessee, there was a, uh, a kid, um, have his information right in front of me, but, uh, he essentially had, uh, decided with his father that, uh, it would be a good idea to threaten the family court judge. Um, so the son filled out a uh, service request form, uh, with the, with his name, his father's name and address, a uh, good contact phone number and email. Basically, you know, he he provided all the contact information that anybody could ever want. Um, he indicated that he was upset with the, the judge uh, because she had found him in violation of, you know, uh, some order and wanted to get even, um, wanted to uh, have the judge murdered and beheaded with her head discarded on the steps of the courthouse. Okay. Um, At least it was detailed, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, he, he went into great detail. Um, so obviously anytime you're threatening a public official like that, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to wait for your response at this point. Uh, it's automatically reported. And that, and now with, a, um, since it's a judge, that goes straight to the FBI, does it not? Um, this one, actually um, went to uh, to contact local jurisdiction, kind of pointed me in that direction, which I, you know, I thought was unusual, but, um, once I got in contact with the, the county, um, in Tennessee, they, uh, uh, one detective had me on the phone. Another detective was walking down the courthouse and, you know, it was a plan and action immediately. Um, and uh, ultimately, you know, the website had captured the IP address um, and all the information on the solicitor, and they were able to ultimately make an arrest after interviewing the son and the father. They had both admitted to conspiring to uh, harm the judge. So they're in their own deep shit at this point. Um, so the father was but, in on it, too. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, so 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 apparently stupidity runs in the family. Apparently it does, and uh, yeah. Shadow shallow uh, end of the That's not the pool. only judge that. Is, yeah, that's not the only judge that's been threatened. Um, you know, the Parkland uh, shooter judge, uh, the judge Elizabeth Scherer, um, had a threat recently come in which was promptly taken care of, too, by uh, Sheriff's Department in Florida. Um, so I'm shocked that that one didn't make like national news, the fact that somebody made a threat against her like that. Especially when, you, well, especially when your website's yeah. involved. 
Yeah, apparently uh, this wasn't the only threat that they were working. Um, the detective with the, uh, I believe it's the threat management uh, department, um, said that there were a lot of uh, threats that they were working, and this was just one of the many. So. I'm sure. Anytime you get any kind of notoriety of that nature, it's high profile. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna get those. Um, and and yeah. it's a funny thing is when we talked about those two kids earlier, you know, they were getting fan letters. You know, people like people they went to school with that they were going to fucking murder. We're writing them like yeah, like writing them love letters. It was like really. <laughs> There's people wow. just ain't right, man. This ain't right at all. <laughs> Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. Um, you know, th there's uh, some of the cases, uh, some of the service requests that have come in have been from people that are victims of bullying at school, for example. Um, they want to take out their school bully, um, some of which have been, uh, the service requests have been submitted from school computers. Okay. Oh, that's just the IP address. So that's easily, easily uh, traceable, you know, from their IT administrator. Um, the kids that have submitted service requests, they're the toughest ones to kind of handle. Um, you know, they, they, it could be a, a cry for help. Maybe there's some abuse going on. Maybe there's some mental health issues going on. Uh, those are the types of scenarios that have to be handled with kid gloves. Um, and in most cases, I will ask that the uh, law enforcement does a welfare check on them, you know, to determine if they're okay or not. It's left to the complete discretion of the investigators to determine whether it's going to be more of a criminal case or a kind of a welfare check. So. And hopefully they they do just at least a tertiary background check on 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 the information that you're giving them about the website and everything like that. And it's not if yeah. if you look it up, you're going to find story after story of, of the exact same thing. And you know you, you have done so many interviews out there that it's not if 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 somebody just I wonder if this is a real website and they did a quick Google search. Nope, <laughs> you know it'd be pretty quick, but uh, you know it's just it's. It, I, I, the people that are, are doing think, this, they probably truly need help more than anything. And it seems like you, you, you definitely go out of your way to make sure that, that they're not just like, lock them up, throw away the key. It, it's what is actually going on behind this request. So I can definitely appreciate there, that. Yeah, I do uh, significant vetting with each service request that comes in. Um, number one, you know, I've gotten to the point where I can look at a request, uh, just a cursory search, uh, look at the, at the request and do a search online and determine whether or not, you know, this is a serious kind of a situation, um, whether or not the people are connected through social media, Facebook, whatever, whether they live close to each other in proximity or work at the same location or go to school. Um, I can kind of build the story. Uh, and kind of, uh, at that point, make a determination whether this is uh, serious and needs to be referred um, or whether this is just turning into a hoax, you know, 
Well, I imagine, I imagine you, the, the vast majority of the submissions you get are just people playing with the website. <laughs> so <laughs> you got to vet. That's correct. About 90% are. You got to vet them out yeah. a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. You know, I, you can only kill SpongeBob so many times. So. <laughs> yeah. How many have you got for Caillou? <laughs> um, believe it or not, I think in the early days, I. I got a couple. Um, that's because it was kind of a running joke in our family, and my kids uh, have submitted one. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, boy, Caillou. My <laughs> wife does not like Caillou. I don't think anybody actually does. We we banned Caillou in our house when my oldest was born because he, he watched it one time, and I was like, no. This whiny little shit. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I have twin 14-year-old boys, and uh, Caillou is uh, kind of on the band list here, too. So. <laughs> no. Yeah. You know, book banning, hard no. But TV show banning? <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's get on board. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Um, with with the requests that come in, they're vetted. They're uh, uh, once the information is corroborated, I'll typically send out a, an email to the solicitor and I'll ask, "Do you still require our services? And would you like me to put you in contact with the field operative?" Now this is their time to shine at this point, and a yes, again they have figured it out. Haha, it's a joke. Okay, go away. Or b Yes, I really want your help. Um, have a field operative contact me by phone, text, email, or in person. You know, whatever the options are. Um, those are the people that uh, I have no problem putting in contact with the field operative because if I didn't get this email uh, or, you know, the service request, they could have gone somewhere else. Maybe they did go somewhere else. Maybe they went to the dark web, um, you know. I don't want to see anybody hurt, um, so I do my due diligence to ensure that the information is valid, and I refer it off to investigators for, um, you know, for that free consultation. So uh, when I contact a law enforcement agency, I hand it to them basically on a silver platter. You know, this information has been vetted. You guys do what you have to do, but this is this is what's up so <laughs> so now re i remember one of the uh cases that you had was uh a dad was going to off his son because he was uh gay or something like that i can't i can't remember the exact specifics but when you had it followed up on it turns out that the kid actually submitted the request on his own and his father's name does that yes, is that um now, have you ever had anybody go and try to, like, frame fake somebody? their own death? Oh, or frame somebody, for that matter, yeah. Yeah, fake their own death, oh, yeah. frame somebody? Yeah, actually, uh, um, it does happen. I mean, I've worked several of these where uh, somebody had been trying to frame somebody else. It's kind of common. Um, there was a, uh, you know, perfect example. There, there was a 
convicted sex offender living in Chicago. Um, and apparently he had a relationship with a female and, uh, um, apparently it was a bad breakup and the female's friends or family members decided, uh, well, this guy's a convicted sex offender Let's set him up, um, so that, you know, his parole will be violated. Um, the guy is, uh, obviously on the, He's a convicted sex offender. He had molested somebody under the age of 14. So, I mean, this guy was kind of a piece of work on his own. Um, but uh, long story short is obviously this information was sent to uh, the authorities, uh, and they had determined that uh, this person um, was not involved. Um, he was, in turn, a victim Um IP addresses came back to a different state, and they had determined that that account was actually owned by um, the uh, the female that he used to live with. So, kind of a convoluted story, um, but uh, they had tried unsuccessfully to frame this guy. Um, oh yeah, an important fact is uh, these emails. Uh, or the communication took place over the course of a couple of weeks. Um, at one point, um, they had, or the person, the framing person, uh, sent an email containing child pornography. Oh, um, way to dig that hole. Yeah. So, yeah, they dug it with a bulldozer at that <laughs> point, because obviously that is a federal offense, Um so the the feds uh, were involved, and uh, um, they had arrested somebody, um, and they were awaiting, uh, I guess, an, maybe they had an indictment. I haven't followed the case. I, I can't imagine. I need to do there's... that, guy. Yeah, I, I can imagine, though. There's so many of them, and... And some of them are just so heinous as you probably just want to wash your hands with it and be be, be done with it. But, I mean, it, it, you know, I, I was a licensed private investigator for 11 years, I think. Yeah. Um, a lot of times I just did insurance fraud work. But I, you know, had a website. Everyone, I could get contacted. I did not like working for private parties. Uh, one, I wanted to make sure I got paid. And two, they always, it was, sure. it was always a, 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 there was this guy that did a show called Cheaters. What was his name? Billy, Billy Blank or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but people would want that, that experience. They want you to take them with you and confront the person that, nah, fuck that noise. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. But I, I, I remember I had one and, and Buck, you remember this. It was in Chambersburg, Pennsylvania. Uh, I got contacted and they wanted me to kidnap somebody. They they weren't even like it wasn't the, my my stuff all looked legit Guido it didn't look like <laughs> it didn't look like a parody website and you know I was yeah. my license information on there my bonding information was on there um, you know they contacted me and it, it was they wanted me to go kidnap their grandfather to get him away from the succubus that was was draining him and he wouldn't leave so they wanted me oh, to go wow. get him and take him to Maryland. I'm like, you're out of your minds, okay? And I kept telling them, no, I this is... I do remember that. I kept telling them, no, this is not something that we do. Um, and I referred them to the state. I, I called the state police and said, listen, something's going to happen. Here's all the information. I turned it all over. Have you ever gotten cases yeah. where they, they didn't want somebody killed? They wanted something else to occur? Yeah. Yeah. 
I have. Well, uh, I'm going to leave the university out of this because it does take place at a university. Um, a female student was seeking revenge against a, uh, a football player who had allegedly sexually assaulted her. Um, she provided all of the name, information, his address, he lived off campus, the whole thing. Um, she specifically said, don't kill him, uh, but beat him so he can't play for the rest of the season. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, clearly the, uh, the threat was there. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the, I don't know whether or not the uh, sexual assault was ever documented there. So basically, I turned it over to the university police. I said, hey, you have a potential sexual assault, revenge uh, case here, and, uh, you know, it's up to you guys to take care of it. Good luck. Uh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> oh, yes, by the way, that submission was also... Uh, Submitted from an IP address that belonged to that university. Very prestigious <laughs> university, but. Jeez. So. Well, let's take um, there's, Yeah, uh, there's, there's been a number of cases where, uh, you know, people want other people beaten, not murdered. Uh, yeah, it's pretty sad. Anyway. Yeah, and then we've we've heard the other ones too, where it was very specific. One of them nailed to the wall, their entrails removed, their heart put in a cooler. <laughs> so, oh yes, we've covered those on the show before. So it, I can imagine it runs the whole gambit. But let's let's take a quick list into that commercial we we referenced earlier, so people can kind of get an idea about how how satire this is and how ridiculous it is that people are falling for it. Yeah, hey you. Yeah, uh, you're looking for a hitman? You got an issue <laughs> that needs resolving? Uh, look no further than Rent a Hitman, your point and click solution. Yeah, we're on the World Wide Web. Not the deep web, not the dark web, the World Wide Web. And, and, uh, you know, tell them Guido sent you. Surf down to the bottom of the page, fill out the web form, and submit it. And I'll tell you, I'll personally put you in touch with one of our over 18,000 field operatives that we have worldwide and your security and, and privacy is important to us and we are 100% compliant with HIPAA the Hitman Information Privacy and Protection Act of 1964 so check us out rentahitman.com ready <laughs> okay we're back uh, we know you're still with us and we're going to do a couple of the stories like we normally do uh, here on the Social Liability Podcast. The first one's coming from the AP News. Woman charged with sending a bee swarm at deputies at her eviction. This is out of Springfield, Massachusetts. A Massachusetts woman was released a swarm of bees on sheriff's deputies as they tried to serve an eviction notice is facing multiple charges uh, of assault and battery. Uh, Rory Woods, 55, pled not guilty at her arraignment on October 12th in Springfield District Court and was released without bail, according to MassLive.com, citing court records reported on Wednesday. She and other protesters <laughs> maintained that they were trying to prevent a wrongful eviction. The homeowner, Alton King, uh, brought evidence of a bankruptcy stay to court the next day, at which point everything should have been stopped. 
Woods' lawyer did not immediately respond to a voicemail left by the Associated Press. However, Hampton County deputies were met by protesters when they went to the home in Longmeadow on the morning of October 12th, according to officials in the documented report. Uh, Woods, who lives in Hadley, arrived in an SUV towing a trailer carrying beehives and started shaking them, breaking the cover off of one and causing hundreds of bees to swarm out and initially sting one deputy. Uh, Woods, who put on a beekeeper suit to protect herself, was eventually handcuffed, but not before several sheriff's deputies uh, and employees were stung, including three who are allergic to bees. Woods was then told that several officers were allergic, and she reportedly said, Oh, you're allergic? Good. <laughs> Hampton County Sheriff Nick Cucci said Wednesday, uh, sorry, sorry, said Woods could have faced more serious charges if anything worse had happened. And I swear to God, his name is actually Coochie. C-O-C-C-H-I. <laughs> we have one staff member go to the hospital, and luckily he was all right. Deputies were simply doing their duty, according to the chief deputy, Robert Huffman. Uh, we have a court order that was presented to us with our job to effectuate the court order. It was Miss Wood's arrival with her vehicle and her trailer that really caused things to hi- go haywire. So it, it completely premeditated in that she, lo- and I'm looking at a picture of this, this, I'm shocked that it's a woman because um, she is so muscular and big, uh, but she's also wearing a beekeeper suit. But she has an SUV. It's in the background. You can see all the beehives strapped down to this trailer. I mean, obviously thought this through and it was ready for it to, to leap into action as the world's worst superhero. <laughs> Do you think that she was charged with assault and batter bee? <laughs> I pushed the button. No, you don't get that one. Come on, man. Come on. That's 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 gold. No, I mean, yes, honey's often a golden color. I'll concede, but no. <laughs> I'd just like to say that Miss Woods never consulted with the website. Uh, yeah. Nice uh, disclaimer, Guido. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so, has anybody ever asked uh, for death by bees? <laughs> I haven't heard that one. Um, not yet, anyway. I mean, give it time. I mean, but. Yes, unlawful evictions do happen. I mean, it's not, I've served um, different, I couldn't do the actual eviction in Pennsylvania, but I could do all the paperwork and the the service leading up to it. And a lot of times it's it's, uh, professional renters. Uh, I've had one one girl, her name was Lacey. I'm not going to say her last name. Uh, But I think I served uh, notice to quit on her six or seven times and i have a constable friend up there who's probably well doubled that uh she just sweet talks her way she's a very well-spoken young lady um she always tells people she works for a law firm as a paralegal she doesn't and and, and she gets into these houses and just doesn't doesn't pay rent i mean she pays the first month in deposit and that's it and then she knows the process and she knows how how to drag things out. And, and a lot of times she makes it right to this, this cutoff in Pennsylvania. That's got this weird thing that you can't evict people in the winter. Uh, if they're in the winter months, you eviction can't occur. So she, she, she'll get multiple free months out of them. And eventually she'll negotiate a, uh, listen, if you drop everything, I'll leave by this date. And she's, she's such a professional renter. That's what she does. But <laughs> wow. 
what is going on in Springfield that, that this they've organized to this extent that they, they have the bees on standby at all times? Rent a bee. Oh, there we go. We can go rent a bee.com, Buck. Oh, man. <laughs> Get more than flies with this, honey. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Our next story, because we're going international, too. Guido's not the only one here, but we're going to go to Australia. A woman disgusted after her ex-husband starts a family with her daughter. I actually don't. I try not to read these ahead of time. I try not to, but I had to. I had to read. I this read one. this one too, man. I read the, I read this one too because I couldn't believe it. I read the headline. I read the headline and I was like, clickbait. Well, no way. Tiffany felt like her all of her dreams had come true when she met Mark. At the time, she had a three-year-old daughter and had found a dating a single mom predictably hard. Uh, she met a man who wanted to raise her daughter and build a family together, and she felt like she had won the lottery. My life felt perfect. In 2010, I had a son with my husband. My life was complete. I had two kids, a great husband, a house, a car, nice job. Life was great. The 40-year-old American mom wrote on Reddit. Tiffany had no idea that just seven years later, her entire perfect world would come crumbling down. It happened shortly after her daughter's 18th birthday when Mark suddenly announced that he was done with their marriage. He told her that he was now in a relationship with her daughter and was leaving her for, for the daughter. <laughs> I couldn't believe this. I couldn't process it. I felt crushed, angry, disgusted, mad, every feeling I could feel. My now ex-husband never gave me creepy vibes, but if he got with my daughter when she was 18, I'm sure things were going on when she was a minor. Well, no shit, Kung Fu. You married a pedo. Let's just be reality here. But nothing Tiffany said stopped either of them from leaving and getting together. Uh, her daughter especially didn't seem to understand that her mom was so angry and upset. Yeah, even if even if you weren't the daughter, you don't think that you know some somebody that you you started seeing and leaves their wife for you would not have any kind of animosity. I mean. It's kind of it's kind of a given, I would think, especially Australia. Right? Yeah, this well, is well, you know, I've cut, I kind of been there and done that. You know, uh, I'm sitting, I'm sitting in the same room as the other woman that I left my wife for, and there was not any good feelings on that one. So no, no, they, I can only imagine if it was a daughter. Ugh. <laughs> She doesn't seem to know why this is wrong or gross. She doesn't care about me. He doesn't seem to have an issue either. Uh, but my own daughter? Come on, Tiffany said. A year later, the new couple fell pregnant, which was when Tiffany decided to cut them both out of her life. I had my ex-husband stop coming around completely, and my ex is okay with not seeing our son now that he has his new family. My son has had hard times understanding why his sister and dad are gone, and I have not told him the truth. Maybe I should, but he's only 10. I told his sister went to university and his dad had to go away for a while. Long while. It's been four years since then, and Tiffany learned through a family member that her daughter was, at the time, pregnant with a second baby. This means that the now 44-year-old ex-husband has two children with Tiffany, now 22. <laughs> she, she now has two kids with my ex-husband, the man who raised her like he, she was his own. Uh... 
Wow. Uh, her kids are my grandchildren and, and happen to be half-siblings with my son. How sick is that? I'm disgusted. I'm still not over this. Obviously. I don't know how to get over this. You can't. I just want to move on. Good luck. <laughs> wow. I mean, I, I've, I've heard, you know, you, you see, it's a big trope on, on the internet right now about the, uh, the, the step-sibling videos on, like, certain adult websites, but it actually happens. You're like, oh. It wasn't, wait a minute, wasn't it, wasn't, uh, remember that, remember the, uh, the Jerry Springer movie? Yes. Wasn't, wasn't, I remember the show. But no, there was a movie they, they put out, it was like Jerry Springer, uh, uh, Ringmaster, that's what it was called, it was called Ringmaster. That's what it was, Ringmaster. And, and the, uh, yes. the, the woman, like the, the, the old trailer park cougar, her boyfriend left her for her daughter. <laughs> It's an episode. It's it's Ringmaster Two. <laughs> Can't keep it in your pants. Keep it in the family, right? Oh. <laughs> I mean, seriously though, how how does somebody that you know you raise a child from what she said they, they got together when the child was three, 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 and, and you, yeah, you you how how do you then feel romantic feelings towards like a the child was this big. I mean, <laughs> now all of a sudden you're you're feeling. Well, <laughs> she got A on her test. I got to reward her somehow. I mean, god damn, dude. I really like. This is this is so uncomfortable. Like, ooh, like oh my gosh, like my. Like, just makes my whole fucking body, like, a full body dry heave. Like, my butthole even puckered a little bit. Like, <laughs> Like, what the fuck, man? Well, what? Uh, it's uh, too much craziness for me to comprehend. It's early in the morning. <laughs> so, so watch out for a, a service request from a, from a, for a 44-year-old mother in Australia. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be on the lookout for that one. Maybe maybe, maybe don't turn that one in. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> fell through the cracks. I'm not sure what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I, I meant to send it to Australian police, but for somehow it went to the Hell's Angels. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> so wrong box. <laughs> My bad. Oops. Clerical error. Clerical error. It was your secretary's fault. <laughs> <laughs> Going in through the outdoor. Well, our last story comes from Fox 13 out of Memphis. Uh, man cuts off multiple catalytic converters with power saw to help pay for his warrants. Is this a thing where you guys are at? Because, Buck, you're on the East Coast. or uh, Guido, you're on the, uh, the West Coast. Uh, is this like a big... Oh, it's huge. Is it really? Here, I, I it might yeah. be here. I hell if I know. True. Here, here in the Midwest, dude, it's it's getting like really bad. Um, so I, I, for example, let's just say on our town here. Uh, first they started going just random businesses that had their cars out overnight. Uh, and then like one night we had three vehicles for our city that do the Meals on Wheels program. They snapped all of those. Um, they went to the health department, got all the health department vehicles. 
Uh, then they broke into the uh, the city's parks department and, and we're taking them off of all the work trucks. I mean, it was horrendous how many catalytic converters that were getting stolen around here. Then they started... Oh, yeah. like, my favorite is when they went to the car lot and they took all the catalytic converters off the new cars. I mean, it's like, oh, wow. Really? <laughs> but, do, yeah, do they well, sell for a lot get, of money? So there's some, there's some precious metals in them. A couple hundred. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of them, it depends on, on what vehicle it's off of. Some of them are just like, you'll get like 50 bucks. There's other ones you can get like 500 for. It just depends on, on which, which vehicle it comes off of. And that's the thing that they're not actually selling the catalytic converters as catalytic converters. They're selling them for, I forget what materials inside of them, but it's a precious metal. And it, I think it's rhodinium or something. Rhodinium. And, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, it's a big market. If you can find a, a buyer, that's, that's the whole thing. Um, a lot. You know, Go ahead. Interesting little helicopter in fact here from Caregiver Katie. Uh, an analysis by Ben Verified shows that there has been an estimated 26,000 catalytic converter thefts so far in 2022. That's just the reported ones, like, too. That's just the reported and, ones. Well, and then it, it, it also shows catalytic converter thefts through 2021 more than quadrupled from over 14,320 to nearly 65,400 in 2021. Dang. So. It's, it's definitely, like, a, it's a crime that's, it's, it's, because it's so easy. I mean, really, you get yourself a Sawzall and you just crawl under a car and zip, zip, you're out, you know, and it, it, the problem is just finding a buyer. That's the big thing. Because um, uh, a lot of the, the, the scrapyards and everything, they know that you stay the hell away from these because the cops are going to come looking for them. Now, some of your more shadier oh, yeah. ones, if you want to hide something, in a junkyard, it's a pretty good place to hide something because ain't no one ever going to find it if you hide it good enough. <laughs> uh, you know, we, we also had like a, uh, the water meters. People were stealing water meters uh, for copper because they're just out. They just Man. a wrench and in two minutes, you can steal a water meter. So it's not nearly as profitable as a catalytic converter, but... Uh, like I said, though, this happened in Memphis. A man was arrested for stealing multiple catalytic converters because on August 16th, the manager of LKQ on Hickory Road saw two men driving a lot in a dark-colored Honda Civic get out and begin cutting catalytic converters off company vehicles. Pretty, just right in front of dude, just watched it happening. Uh, Memphis police arrived and saw one of the men, Trevor Coop, uh, walking away from a company truck while holding a power saw. <laughs> Tools of the trade, they might say. The officer told Coop to stop. The man dropped the saw and began running on foot. MPD was able to arrest Coop after a brief foot chase. During a search, officers found seven catalytic converters in the Honda and found other converters in several other vehicles. Uh, Cooper told MPD that he and his friends cut off the converters with plans to selling them uh, afterwards. Additionally, the money raised from the converters was going to go to pay Cooper's active warrants. <laughs> Cooper was arrested, charged with theft of property from, with motor vehicle value in the, between $1,000 and $2,500, theft of property between $10,000 and $60,000, and evading arrest. Coop has 
a court date on October 17th. The Honda Civic was also stolen since September 17th, according to the affidavit. I mean, if you're going to go big, you might as well go. If you're going to do it, just go big or go home, you know. Steal, steal, the, steal the car, steal the converters. So he was unable to fly the coop then? No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, oh yes. But the thing, the thing is, though, catalytic converters aren't, aren't small. I mean, they're, they're, they're a little bit about the size of a football, but a lot heavier. <laughs> I, wonder if, I wonder if he was trying to pay off outstanding warrants for theft of catalytic converters. That would be awesome. <laughs> I mean, it, it's there. Go ahead, go ahead. Guido. There are so many, uh, there are so many scrap metal uh, yards uh, in and around the area where I live. You know these uh, these thugs uh, with the, you know, the sawzalls and all that stuff. They're just hitting random vehicles. Actually, I, I'm. Not so much random vehicles, because there's a website that'll tell you what the top 10 most valuable catalytic converters are. So they're targeting, like, Honda Pilots, and they're targeting Priuses. Um, when they take the cats to these uh, less-than-reputable scrap metal recyclers, you know, oftentimes they turn a blind eye. They pay them out or whatever and send them on their way. Um, there's serial numbers on these catalytic converters, but they're not traceable, which is uh, kind of a kind of a problem. Yeah, I've I've seen but news out here. Law enforcement. I've seen news yeah, stories where they're they're, they're trying to get people to like engrave their names or something on the catalytic converters or or the VIN numbers. Painting them bright orange. Yeah, yeah, painting them. Yeah, I'm not sure what the painting now, would what, do, but I've I have seen it. Now, what are yeah. what are law enforcement out there trying to do, Guido? Um, so law enforcement out here in the, in the Bay area and Northern California have actually set up, um, days where you can drive your car into like a shop and they'll spray paint your catalytic converter orange, or they'll, uh, write your license number or, you know, engrave it with something. So it's an identifying mark. So therefore when the recyclers get a painted cat converter, um, you know, hopefully it doesn't come to that. Hopefully the, the cat thieves will see a, a painted converter and, and go to the next car. But, um, you know, they're, they're doing every, everything they can to kind of thwart that. Uh, in fact, you can get uh, a cage for your cat converter. Now. Those I've seen. Yeah, I've seen. I think you could actually buy them on Amazon. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't understand what yeah, the... I don't understand what the um, the paint's supposed to do. Is that just be a deterrent? Uh, but kind of, I, I would it, assume so. Yeah. So I, I'm looking right now on Amazon. We have Cat, Cat Security Catalytic Converter Protection Shield. Uh, and, of course, the first one is for Honda Prius, or Toyota Prius, rather, from 04 to 09. And it sells for $169. $160. Uh, but there's plenty of other yeah. ones actually here too. There's a catalytic converter uh, wireless anti-theft alarm with security vibration motion sensor. That's only thirty bucks. That might be the way to go. Mm. Uh, but at the same time, who listens to car alarms anymore? Man, I sure. remember. 
when I bought my truck when I lived in Mexico, the very first fucking thing I did was I had the catalytic converter taken off because <laughs> it ran better. Yeah, okay. <laughs> You weren't sneaking up on anybody. Because that's the thing. If you, if, you, no. if you get in your car and you turn it on, there's no catalytic converter. It is bloody loud. It'll scare the it'll scare this piss out of you. Yeah. Well, you know what? I mean, yeah, for sure. they, they charge for ga uh, gas down there by the fucking liter, dude. <laughs> I don't care how loud my truck is. <laughs> are, are you seriously catching uh, about, oh, they ain't using gallons. <laughs> I mean, no, seriously. No, it's just that you know what, whatever whatever price per gallon you see, that's fine. Whatever, whatever, whatever. You know, you go to a gas pump in Mexico. When I lived there twenty years ago, yeah, you're old. You pull up to the pump. Yeah, you pull up to the pump, and it's like you go up there and you're about ready to do a backflip. You're like, oh yeah, buck eleven, a buck eleven. <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's only a buck eleven. And then you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait, 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 wait. It's a buck eleven a liter. Oh. Oh. I have I have a fifty-five gallon gas tank. Good oh, luck. No. No, no. <laughs> you could always drive to Venezuela where it's like eight cents a gallon. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> I'll tell you what, there were no drive. Shit. Lucky, <laughs> I said drive. Oh my God. You've, I, I don't do that anymore for health reasons, but I should have just stopped driving a hell of a long time ago for personal safety. I mean, no, I'm not driving. No, I'm not. I'm a menace. Now, wait, but I saw the conversion kit in your van last time I saw you over the summer. You're not driving at all anymore? No. Mm -mm. Nope. So what you're no saying is care, Caregiver Katie dislikes having those manual controls up on the steering wheel is what you're saying, huh? She, no, there were no manual controls in the car. There was just a steering wheel. There's a suicide spinner. That's it. Okay, I thought I, no I, hand I, thought, controls. I thought I saw the hand controls. Maybe I was wrong. No, 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 no. The hand controls are in the back. Because <laughs> I got them from Amazon. Oh God! Yo, no, dude, no, no, no. And in Cripple World, you you either got to get financing for shit, or you got to pay for it out of your pocket, or you got to make it. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> I figured, I figured, well, I can't get the actual like legit conversion done. Broomstick handles and duct tape probably won't look good if I get pulled over. So I'm going to have to go with something that looks legit-ish. And so I did. I found uh, I found these uh these nifty little hand controls on Amazon. It was uh they're they're pretty hip. You know. They uh they got me they got me through a lot of uh a lot of time. But yeah, it was terribly irresponsible for me to hold on to driving as much as I did. So I wouldn't mm -mm. No. So I'm seeing the conversion kits uh, for, well, some of them are like $1,500 and other ones are. Like, yeah, dude. And some of them are 150, but the one for 150 looks a lot like somebody just put like a stopper on the end of a cane. <laughs> They're using it to push. That's, 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 that's the one I had. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, that's the one I got. <laughs> that looks, that looks incredibly irresponsible. <laughs> Actually, no, I think I got the quick stick. 
That's what this is. Quick stick. Q U I. That's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got it, man. You got it. But then they got see that's that's one that's not good for long trips though. That's not good for long trips. You need the ones that look like it's got a bar and then two things because that way you push it to stop and you pull it to go. Because with that with that quick stick one, it's all about your thumb. And I'll tell you what, when I used to have to go get my kids in South Carolina, okay, that's twelve hours driving. Six hours down and six hours back. Do that with your motherfucking thumb, bro. <laughs> no. No. I found out that was a bad idea real quick. Gosh. <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> you come back from a long trip and you're like, whatever you like, you need somebody to like do everything for you. You're like, uh, uh. I can imagine. Yeah. I can imagine. Well, Buck, that's going to bring us to an end of episode 148. Uh, a big, big thank you to Guido Finelli for joining us. This is absolutely great. Uh, we find, we've, we've talked about Rena Hitman so much, and now we finally got to speak to the man himself, and that's just phenomenal. I, I've So, Guido, you sent me your number a couple, couple of weeks ago, and I've been like, no, I do not want to talk to this cat until we get him on the show. <laughs> it's like, I don't want, I don't want to ruin anything. <laughs> Oh, awesome. I had fun with you guys. I have fun with you guys. I, I enjoy your podcast. Uh, we, um, we appreciate so thank that. Thank you guys you, you very are, much for having me. You are, you are among a, a very elite number of people that actually listen because it's not that much. Yes. <laughs> so that, that being well, said. Well, I've turned on my kids to this. So Excellent. We'll stop. My we'll, kids listen. I'll, we'll, we'll there's try a to, couple more for you. We'll try to cut down on the cursing then. <laughs> Wait. They, they've heard it all. <laughs> I was about ready to say. Mm, that being I said, no folks, commitments on that the Social Liability Podcast drops every Wednesday. We do not charge anything for the show. It is completely gratis. Uh, the only thing we ever ask that you pay is attention. And if you could tell a friend, that would be excellent. Uh, one more listen. You know, what the heck? We're not making money off of this. <laughs> this, this, this podcast was started, Guido, just to keep Buck sane. Indeed, because... You know, he's he's getting close to the, the precipice of uh, of using your website. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> okay, folks, I am... Well, we do offer group and senior discounts. <laughs> How about for the for disabled? I mean, for... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Folks, you can go to... They probably participate in Medicare. If you guys go to rentahitman.com, there is a merchandise section. Uh, there is... They, Guido's got some pretty awesome uh, field operative t-shirts. Uh, Buck and I both have them. Buck's wearing his right now if you're watching this on YouTube. Uh, they're, they're pretty hip. Uh, you can also donate for a cup of coffee for Guido, which I, I think Buck just yes. did the other day. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, there it is. Okay, we got the coffee. Excellent. Okay, folks. Thank you, thank you. I'm the Raz, he's the Buck, and we also have Guido. Thanking you all for listening. We'll catch you on the next episode of the Social Liability Podcast.